North Rock Podcast. Well, good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Yeah, like we all have uh, a bunch of candy just laying around, just extra. You know, it's, it's really an act of generosity when we bring our extra candy, right, for, pe- for other people. That's a sacrificial gift unto the Lord. Absolutely. So, yeah, we are starting a new series. I'm, I'm happy to be kicking it off. Uh, we're going to be spending the next five weeks uh, kind of walking through Isaiah 58. Um, so if you, in your devotional time, you have a chance to get into that and just dig in and kind of sit in that, that text, uh, we're going to be talking about that quite a bit. Today, I'm going to focus on just two uh, verses in the middle of it, um, and we're going to talk about how that uh, related to both the, the post-exilic uh, community uh, that it's written to, as well as how it, how it uh, applies to us here at North Rock Church, okay? So the title of my message today is simply, uh, Rebuilt to Rebuild, okay? And I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in uh, to the message. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us here today. We thank you, Lord, that you are our strength. Lord, you are our honor. Lord, you are our uh, Father in heaven who loves us and who sacrificed everything so that we could have a relationship with you. Lord, help us to be a people who both honor and live out that truth in this world. In Jesus' name we pray that you'd speak to us today. Amen. 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 Well, I can tell you I'm excited about the text, but I feel like I need to stop for just a second and say I'm really, 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 really excited about our Heart for the House campaign as well. I love this time of the year. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of that return from maybe a post-exilic uh, folks that are up in the mountains during the summer times, right? Like fall comes and on their church calendar, it's like, it's like people return back to church and you're like, oh, it's so good to see you, right? And that's part of what happens with that. And as part of that, we like to take some time and just say, Lord, what's the word you have for us this year? You guys do you ever do that as, a, as personal and as family? Like we like to do that as a congregation. It usually happens between August uh, and the September months so that when October rolls around, we're able to stand before you and say, this is really something we feel like the Lord's saying to us in this season uh, to give us a sustaining word, right? Um, and, and the reality is every year we do that, he speaks. Can you believe that? When we pause our lives, when we sit with the Lord and we ask him to speak to us, he actually speaks to us. And so part of why this is important to me is because uh, I'm, I'm a pastor at the church, and you probably already know this about me, but, but I love the local church. I love that Jesus and his life is expressed through the local church, right? That's a great place for an amen. Thank you. The one person in the back, I'll, I'll pay you later for that encouragement there, right? And it's not just the, that I believe that the church... Representative of Jesus is the hope of the world. It's, I love this church, not just all churches. I love this church. I love the people of this church. I love this community. I love, I love that God has called us here for a specific thing for this season uh, in a way that, that only we can provide, right? So for the last 30 years, this church has been here in, in Thornton, Colorado. 30 years this coming year. Did you guys know that? And I've been here for well over 20 of it. Been married in this church, seen my babies baptized in this church. There's a youth pastor in this church. Can you believe this old gray beard was a youth pastor at one point? And, uh, and that's really the heart of what both what I believe this text is about and what this season of our church's life is about. 
Um, because how many with me would say that we know that God cares about the lives that are scattered and gathered here in this region, in this area, right? He loves people, and he calls us to love people. He calls us to gather together, to grow together, and to go together on the mission that he has for us to help speak the promises that he has over us uh, to others that they may come to know him as well. So as I prepared this message... um, and consider what I thought that God was speaking to us as a, as a home church uh, as he turns our hearts back to him as people return uh, from maybe some of our trips and the things that we do in the summer. I was reminded of a commercial that I saw uh, that Microsoft put out not too long ago. Um, and I wanted to show you that because I think that it, it really does illustrate it. It gives, it gives us kind of a picture to set what I'm getting ready to say and what we're going to be talking about today. So let's go ahead and show that if you would. Now, I don't know if you're an Apple person or a Microsoft person. I, I really don't care. Um, but, but the reason I use that is because I love the idea of what he said at the end of there, right? That uh, He said that we let our experience, we experience our past and it helps us create our future. In the sense, the body of Christ, the local church, is that body and blood of Jesus represented in this world, right? We understand that the, it's his body, his blood that lives and flows and, and breathes through the lives that we live both collectively and uh, as we go about our business as individuals and as his families, right? Um, and so really what we are, we're living out uh, an ancient future. And so sometimes it's, it's, it's a harrowing feeling as a pastor to come together and go, Lord, how am I going to relate Isaiah 58, one of the major prophets, to today's culture and to today's challenges and to today's church, right? And what I re- realize as I read it, uh, is the things that he's talking to Israel in that season is the same thing that he's talking to me about in this season, okay? So just a little bit on the background of Isaiah 58. Um, there's a couple of pieces to it, but, but uh, some of the major themes is that he's addressing the fasting uh, habits of, of the community there. And he says, the fast that I've chosen, 58 verses 6 through 14, uh, the Lord clarifies the meaning of what true fasting is for Israel. Said that they must cease to oppress the poor, they must observe the Sabbath and with a pure and joyful worship. So the part of what we're looking at is there's a promise that's always tucked into God's word, and it's in between these two other pieces where he's giving a, a word of correction on how they were going about their fasting. They're paying attention to all the little uh, rules to follow with fasting, but somehow their hearts had drifted somewhat to that. And then he says, and this is the other thing that, that we have turned away from the Sabbath, right? And in the middle of that, he says, if we'll address those things, if you'll bring your heart back into the house, if you'll bring your heart back to me, this is the promise that you will experience in the midst of, of living that life out. So basically, it says that, um, that the Lord gives light and healing and full restoration to their community who had been in exile during that time to redevelop the post-exilic Jerusalem. Uh, if those previous conditions were met in that time. So the sins of Isaiah's day, and I know that they're just the sins of the Old Testament. They're nothing that we'd see ever go on ever in our society or in our lives or in our, our uh, communities, right? Uh, but for them, it was the profaning of the Sabbath. There was the gluttony of, the, of Israel's leaders. There's widespread idolatry with, with all kinds of different practices. There's the, the fasting uh, while still practicing flagrant injustice. And then uh, it says that there are these, these, these precious promises to those who would feast freely and cheerly upon, or, or cheerfully 
upon by faith who would keep that fast that God has chosen. They let them know that God will make it up to them. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to Isaiah 58, verses 11 and 12. That's the text we're going to be talking from today. <clears throat> and if you don't have it, we'll be putting it on the screen right here behind me. And I bet you it's already there. It is. It's a good thing. Okay, so uh, Isaiah 58, verse 11 and 12 says, The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. How many... How many of you would like that promise in our lives? How many of you guys know that's what the promise that Jesus offers us, right? The, the Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will even rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. How many of you guys would say amen to that, Right? That, that really is the season that we find ourselves both as a, as a church um, and as a people of God, right? That we have been called to be rebuilt by the Holy Spirit's activity in our life because of what Jesus has done in our lives, that we would be active in being a rebuilding of relationships and uh, a presence for the Lord in, in our city and in our world. So in this, in this text, we see both the blessings... Uh, and the benefits are built into the master builder's plan, okay? And uh, in doing some of my background study for this, uh, here's, a, here's a list of some of the things that are in there. We're not going to do it exhaustively because we'll have uh, more weeks to, to kind of uh, pull this out, but I wanted you to have those in this first message, okay? So it says that here's a, here's a full account of the blessings and the benefits uh, which attend the performance of, of this duty. It says if a person, a family, a people be disposed to everything that is good, let them know that their comfort shall be found in God, their bountiful rewarder. And what, what they lay out in works of charity shall be abundantly made to them. So here's a couple of them, okay? Here's a couple of the promises that hang over God's people, both uh, in, this, in, in Isaiah and still to today as ancient future people, right? Uh, one, that God would surprise them with the return of mercy after great affliction. Isn't that a good promise? That in the midst of affliction, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of some of the things we sing about today, and that I know that are mountains in our lives personally and collectively, that, that he brings great mercy on the other side of great affliction. Right? Two, that God puts honor upon a people because of his name, right? That there's good works that will be recompensed with a good name, and that it includes the light which rises out of obscurity. That's why we see in the New Testament, Jesus talking about us being light, being salt, uh, the salt of the earth to this world, right? Third promise uh, is that they shall be safe under divine protection. Isn't that a good promise today? I know a lot of people that I talk with uh, on a consistent basis are struggle with fear, struggle with what if this and what if that, and the news is always bringing us all kinds of things that even just two decades ago, we didn't even know it was happening, right? But now we can see it in an instant, and sometimes we carry weights that we don't need to. So it's a great promise when we understand that, that under him uh, we have divine protection. The fourth promise is that God would always be close to them, that he would hear their prayers. Five, that God would direct them in all difficult and doubtful cases, that the Lord will guide you continuously. Isn't that a good promise? While we're here today and in the wilderness of the world, we will have need of continual direction from heaven. 
That's what his scriptures do. That's what his spirit does. That's what us gathering together to, to exhort one another and be encouraged in his word is all about. Now, I don't know how many builders we have in this place, but if we're called to be built and then be builders uh, of the kingdom of God in the midst of our lives, um, we've got to have some architectural drawings to follow usually, right? That's you, like, we don't build things like our houses like we build things that, we've, that we get for toys for kids, right? Because I'm one of those, I don't like to read the instructions. I just start putting things together. It doesn't work, right? But when it comes to major plans, we want a, a set of architectural drawings to follow. I know we had to do that when we put this, when we rebuilt uh, this place, when we moved into this place. Um, but I don't know if you've been aware of it, but, but Thornton's booming right now, right? Thornton, like there's growth everywhere. Anybody notice that Amazon building that popped up? I mean, the Amazon city, right? Like, it's thing is humongous, right? And then how about the Thornton premium outlets? Anybody notice those? They just popped up up on 136. How many of you guys have visited them so far? A couple, yeah? Yeah, a few. I don't think everybody's telling me the truth today. Just, just saying, I'm not sure that that's happening. But, but the reason I bring them up is because... Uh, is because I think that they help illustrate some of what we're talking about today, is that, is that the, the promises of God's word applied to our lives is how God builds the next seasons of us, our personal and his collective work in the midst of a, of a community of a city, right? So I brought to you the architectural drawing uh, for those premium outlets, right? And so you look at that and you go, ah, oh, big deal. Like, I'm not all that excited about it. Until somebody went out and dug the hole for it, Right? Until somebody came out and poured the concrete for it. Until somebody came out and built the walls for it. Until somebody came out and got all the, the, you know, the people that are, that are now selling their products in those. And so today it looks more like that. Right? So, all that simply to say, in following Christ, in the season of our lives, we have a master architect. That he has not lost the coordinates for what he has designed for our lives to be and for his community of faith to be. Can we say amen to that? That our God knows what he's doing. And he's not just uh, a master architect, he's a master builder, isn't he? How many of you guys would agree with me that Jesus does not build stuff? He doesn't, he doesn't build bad stuff. He doesn't build things that are incomplete, that are, that, are, that are missing parts, right? That he is a master builder. And as he builds our lives, he calls us to build alongside of him, right? So I wanted to just give you a few promises from the New Testament that I think uh, are encouragement to how we can collectively lean in, how we can participate in the promises that he has over our lives. And the first one comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 10 through 12. It says this. It says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. And it goes on to say, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you, and they give you spiritual guidance, right? So that's one of the ways that we can build each other up. We can build into the kingdom of God in our lives, uh, where, we're, where we live and where we work, okay? Now, the second point that I wanted to make from this is just simply that we are his workmanship, Right? We are his workmanship. And I know some of us in the room probably are aware of that, but some of us that might be a new idea, that, that God created me the way that I am for the purposes that he created me for, right? 
And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says not only are we his workmanship, but another word that translates into that is that we are his masterpiece. Right? How many of you guys know that those Thornton outlet stores, that for some architect, like that's their masterpiece. Like they put a lot of time, energy, effort, work into that thing. And we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. It says he created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. In other words, none of us have that exemption card for the good work that he's called us to. None of us are the crowd versus the community member, right? We are all gifted and called and equipped to bring praise to his name and to be light in this world. Ephesians 4, verses 11, 12, and 16 say it this way. It says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to his church. He gave them apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. It says their responsibility is to what? To equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, amen? As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love, okay? So I make that point just to say we are his workmanship, that he has a plan, that we are in the midst of his plan. And, and just like that Thornton Outlet store that we just talked about, there were times in that when you probably walked into it, you looked at the master plan, you looked at the big gaping hole that they dug, and you couldn't match the two up. Right? There was some time in the build-out of that whole design that they probably went, are you sure this is exact exactly where they said to put that power line? Are you sure this is exactly where we were supposed to put that cornerstone, right? And, and I think that's true of our lives, too. That sometimes we can get so focused on the details of our lives, the season that we're in, sometimes even the pain that we're in, and we lose sight of God's master architectural plan for our lives, right? But part of his plan, as we read in Isaiah 58, is that we are rebuilt to, be, to rebuild, how many of you can sit here today and say, God has rebuilt my life? He continues to rebuild my life. He continues to do a good work in my life, right? And the promise that we see that we just saw in Isaiah 58 is that they shall, as some of us will uh, re-edify, rebuild the cities uh, that have been long in ruins. And for them, uh, it says that they've been in old waste places, right? That they said that... that had been laying so long desolate that the rebuilding of them was quite disrepaired. And the second thing, that uh, second point regarding uh, rebuilt to rebuild is that they shall carry on and finish the good work which was begun long ago. Now there's some of us that sit here today and say, it feels like this work began a long time ago. Right? We have got some faithful, amazing people that have been a part of this congregation for up to 30 years now. And I just like to take these moments when we're talking about the house of the Lord here in North Glen at North Ark Church to both say to the staff, to say to our council, to say to our contributing membership, thank you for building here in Thornton, Colorado. My life was transformed because of this church. My family's life has been transformed because of this church. And we're thankful for the work that you do. So, all that simply to say, um, 
that were called to carry on and to finish the good work that was begun long ago. That they'll raise up to the top, that building, the foundation, the top to the building of the foundation that was laid long before through many generations that was fulfilled uh, when the building of the temple was revived after it had stood laid waste for many years, okay? So uh, I'll have to say we're built to rebuild. Um, Romans chapter 14, verse 19 says, So then, let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up, right? Again, as we, as we do life together, as we have harmony in the church, as we are unified in the collective uh, approach to God, building a design for, that he has for us, that we, that we build each other up. That's what it says, right? In other words, it's a good thing for, for a man or a woman to leave something behind for their family, isn't it? Like, we all think about legacy issues as we get older, don't we? Like, what is the legacy that I'm going to leave my family? Where's the legacy that I leave uh, in this world? And I think most of us would probably, you know, want to, to leave something for those that come after us. Right, that, that that we would still be doing good uh, when we're gone. It's the issue of legacy. Acts twenty verse thirty two says this, and now I entrust to you the legacy. I entrust to you the message of His grace that you were able to build you. That's able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those He has set apart to Himself. Isn't that a good legacy to be a part of? You guys know that as you contribute, as you serve, as you support the work of ministry here at North Rock Church, you have a legacy around the world. You have missionaries that are supported. You know that there are churches that get started because of what you do and how you do it as part of our body. I want to say that one more time. Acts 20.32 says, And now I entrust to you, or I entrust you to God, and the message of his grace that is able to build you up. That's his message of grace that builds us up and that gives us an inheritance with all that he set apart for himself. So I share all of that in the context of, one, we're asking in this season of our Heart for the House that you would prayerfully consider taking time to fast, to pray, and to ask how God might use us as a group to make an impact in this culture, in this city, in this coming season. I've said it before, I'll say it again, part of my rally cry here, part of why I came back to be lead pastor here four years ago at North Rock Church is because I don't believe that God is done with us. I don't believe, I didn't believe it four years ago, I don't believe as I stand here today, and even as I stand here on the stage today, do you know that I stand on the promise of Isaiah 58 right underneath my feet that we wrote on this very stage? How many years ago? I can't do math from the stage. Don't, don't make me do that. 14 years. 14 years ago, that very promise was written under my feet on this stage. Isn't that a cool thing, the way God works in our lives, prophetically and collectively as we partner with the work that he does in us, right? And so four years ago, we came back and we said, all right, let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's, let's dig in. Let's rebuild. Let's, re- let's do the things. And, and I don't know if you noticed or not, but we haven't made a lot of progress with that yet when it comes to just the collective numbers of our church, right? Anybody notice that we've had a, a slight decline? Right? You can, you, can, you can have awkward laugh with that, right? 
Like it's, it's, it's obvious to all of us there are some empty seats in here today, isn't there? Okay? So I wanted to show you just kind of what the trend has been in our church over the past 10 years. Okay? So we've been back the last four here. Um, but, but coming in, we knew that things had kind of started to go down and to the right. And there's two ways we can look at that. We can go, oh, man, bummer. Right? Or... As people of faith, we can say, God, what would you have us do? God, how would you use our lives? God, how could we participate in the life that you have for this city and for this church? Amen? And honestly, that's the difference between being the body and attending or playing church. Does that make sense? And all of us come into this thing, and God does a growing process in our lives where we move from where we show up as consumers and we say, okay, what can I get? What meets my needs? How can I learn? What do they do for my kids? And that's part of the decision-making process that God draws us to himself. So then we become contributors. And from contributors, we become citizens, where we say, it's not just a church, it's my church. Can I just tell you that I stand here four, day, four years later, and I am every bit as committed to what God wants to do in this place as I was four years ago when I showed up, already knowing that that was happening. To, to pull out some old bull riding vernacular, ain't scared. God is faithful, amen? God is active in our midst. We have story after story after story of lives that have been touched and transformed because of who he is. And as we carry that in our daily lives, he transforms not just this place, but entire cities and cultures. Can we believe him for that? And as we go into this next season, as we take the next five weeks and talk about Isaiah 58, would you with me, would you take some time to pray and to fast, to put things aside and say, God, we're giving you our whole heart again. We know we drift. We know we get busy. We know we get sidetracked. We know other things try to buy for our time and our attention. But in this season, we're going to seek your face. We're going to believe that you're, you're at work. And we're going to do the things that it takes to see that rebuilt. Amen? If you would, would you allow me to pray? And then we'll close out our service today. Thank you for um, hearing your pastor's heart. Thank you for your, your patience as we uh, hear the, the Lord's word to us and find ways to keep us moving forward in faith. Father, we do just take a moment in our service today as we've had some time for what we would consider family business. Lord, we know that you've called us to this place for this season for a specific reason, Lord, that everybody that sits in this place are filled with your gifts. And Lord, we just ask you to speak to us. Speak to us on how you would ask us to to contribute, to participate, to celebrate the life that you have in our midst. Lord, we thank you for your goodness over the years. Lord, we look back, and as that video that I showed earlier with the Microsoft shows that you've been faithful throughout time. We sang it in our worship today that you have always been faithful. And Lord, we consider you faithful still today. Lord, we declare your victory over our lives. We declare that you are the rebuilder of lives and the rebuilder of ancient ruins. And so Lord, where we may not be at full strength right now, where we may uh, have been feeling some of the emotional effects of attrition in our very own gathering here, Lord, we know that we're more active in missional living than we've ever been. And Lord, we celebrate your life in our midst. It looks different. We keep score differently. 
But Lord, we know that you are moving in our midst and that all it takes is a one word spoken from you for the tides to shift and for, for new life to be built. Father, we thank you for your partnership uh, through your people over the last three decades. What a great legacy that is. And Lord, we ask you as the people that are here today in this season of life to show us how you would call us to serve and to love, to gather and to grow so that we can go with this great message of salvation to all who would hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. How many with me would say as a collective cry and as a celebration of applause unto the Lord that those premium outlet mall that's up the street on 136 isn't going to be the only masterpiece that's built in this season, right? Thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you are the builder of our very lives. Matthew 16, verse 18 is the verse I want to end with, and then we'll stand and I'll dismiss. Uh, Many of you guys know it by heart. It's Jesus speaking of his church. He's speaking to Peter, one of his disciples, and he says, Now I say to you, Peter, which means rock, upon this rock I will build my church, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. That is the enduring work of the Holy Spirit in our midst, y'all. That's one of those promises that we can go to the banquet, right? So let's stand. And we'll dismiss in prayer. If you would like prayer for any need in your life today, that's why we're here. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, anything that we can do to partner with you and your family and to pray, uh, we want to do that. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. We're going to pray this prayer that we pray every week, knowing that that is the message that we bear, the message of this community in this time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you rose from the grave three days later. I receive forgiveness for every failure and sin in my life and give to you the right to direct my life from this day forward. I dedicate myself to learning the scripture, to living in fellowship with God's people, to following you in water baptism. In Jesus' name, we pray and we trust. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for being here at North Rock Church today. Um, and I hope you have a great week. And we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay? Thank you for listening to this North Rock resource. To find out more information about North Rock Church, check us out at www.northrockchurch.com.